When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, Justin? Uh, hey, man. Training camp's here. What, what gets more exciting than that? Oh, yeah, man. In, in, uh, late July, it's heating up. It's hot as balls outside right now here in Cincinnati. I just busted me open a cold one, man. I'm excited for everything. I, I'm wondering, training camp's starting to really heat up, literally. Are we going to start seeing, like, you know how the – MLB does spring training where all the the cold weather teams go south. Are we going to see the warm weather teams come north eventually? I mean, I I don't know if you practice in Miami right now. No, man, we might be. We might be. Uh, We're in for a world of heat right now, and it's not going to let up anytime soon. I'll tell you also know what's up that heated up a little bit. As of 10 minutes ago from this recording, the Bengals just unveiled our first White Tiger game, Monday night against the Rams. Let's get it. So that's the uh, that's the white helmets here, the yes, all white sir. unis. Yeah, got, yeah, I'm excited. We got that right there. We can put this right uh, right there on on top of my uh, mini T Higgins autographed uh, helmet there. For those I of you uh, watching this on YouTube, um, I, I tell you, man, I, those white uniforms, uh, they're sick. They're, I love them. They're the best in the NFL. I love them. I have no – man, oh, my goodness, man. Like, I I need to get me an actual helmet because I need it just to kind of build up my memorabilia collection. That Those are literally the best helmets in the NFL. And now we've already seen a couple of teams do couple, their renditions of a white helmet too, and it doesn't hit the same as our white Tigers. Nah, track. no, 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 no. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. Not at all. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's exciting. You know, uh, our boy Chase Yow is going to be at that, uh, that game uh, when they're doing the uh, – Letting Boomer and uh, and Chad into the Ring of Honor, so pretty exciting stuff, man. Happy, happy yeah, you don't get man. to see the whiteout too. I like it. Yeah, All right, man. Me. Well, let's get this show started, man. Insider trading tells me that that's going to be the last time you see that version of our intro. Some things are going to change. Uh, uh, Mr. Lacey's going to get some animation uh, on on his. And uh, for those of you watching on YouTube, and uh, if you like that beat, man, that's our boy Mod. Uh, He's got an album out. You can go wherever you download music, Apple, Spotify, whatever it might be. Uh, He's got Spin the Block just dropped last week so support him it's uh it's great music uh his beats are just 
They're killer. Oh man. yeah, I love man. It. Just the theme song. Just the theme song alone. It's, it's sick with it. You know I mean, like he's very, very talented. And you know, even when I replay our episodes, when I'm just listening to my car, I'm more or less intrigued by the the intro music, and I'm just like, yeah. I love it. Yeah, I love for sure, it. for sure, for sure, for sure. But hey, thank you guys for listening to us. As always, uh, if you're out there right now on Spotify, uh, please download it. Get those notifications. Like, subscribe. Um, give us that five-star review. I've only seen a couple of them in there. Come on in. Water's warm. Uh, but yeah, we're going to keep get, bringing more and more to you. It's consistent. We're going to be here every week. We got more coming in, uh, you know, closer to the season starting. And once we hit, uh, the regular season, I mean, we'll be doing all kind of recaps. Uh, we're going to do the coaches cliff notes. We're going to do some pregame stuff. We're going to have, uh, other teams from the Fan First Sport Network that we're playing join us and uh, get get some uh, insight to what the matchups really look like. So there'll be a lot of good stuff here running through the jungle. So check us out. Keep us going. We appreciate you. Uh, so Justin Herbert is now a very wealthy man. Yeah, I'm just there. Yeah, he signed that yeah. big contract. So the specifics of it, five years, $262.5 million to be exact. Now, I don't have the exact guarantee figures in front of me, but that does put him as the highest paid quarterback in the history of the NFL. Now, he had top – the previous was Lamar Jackson, obviously, at $260 million. So I think he was – Kudos uh, to him, man. He deserves it. He deserves this new contract. I think he was around 230 guaranteed, if I'm not mistaken. I think so. Probably maybe so. Uh, it might be a little lower than that. You know, Alex, I didn't really kind of have the numbers right there in front of me right then and there, but I knew what the exact contract, ex the exact extension was for. You know, so, but yeah, big stuff going on. And I know a lot of that just sort of pirouetted into, you know, the borough contract extension. So look, I, I, I need to, I need to say something just to get this off my chest. <clears throat> I do not buy for one second that Herbert's contract had any sort of doing on Joe Burrow and his company and waiting for that domino in a fall for them to go ahead and unleash Burrow's contract. I think Joe Burrow was going to unveil his status at any given moment, regardless. He's not worried about other people's pockets. Now, is he socially aware? I'm pretty sure he is. He knows what guys are signing for around the league. He's not stupid, but at the end mm -hmm. of the day, this, this guy is just too smart. He's too, uh, He's too well informed regarding the other statuses contractually regarding the team, like T. Higgins, like Jamar Chase in the near future, Logan Wilson, et cetera, et cetera, that he's not always, I don't think he's going to just worry solely based on, oh, well, let me see what Herbert gets first. You know, I always thought that that was a, such a lazy narrative to go about it, even though I understood why you would make that statement. Um, maybe the Chargers were looking at that for Herbert, but I mean, well, it didn't work out because. You know, Herbert just signed his deal yesterday. So I just needed to get that quick little bit off my chest there. Yeah, I, I don't know if it's, um, you know, a lot of people, they're going to wait and see what he gets so that they're going to give him, uh, you know, a little bit more money than wherever Herbert is. He They want him to set the market uh, mm -hmm. for a full year, basically. I don't know if that's true. I, I don't know. I don't know. What's more important, you know, with Joe Burrow, um, I don't know if it's necessarily a hometown discount. Um, you know, Chase talked about that on his show yesterday. Uh, maybe it's a hometown, a hometown discount kind of deal. Uh, I don't know if we're going to see a big discount, but I think he's holding the feet to the fire 
in the back room about, all right, I'll do it, but what, what are we going to do? How are these getting done? I think there's mm -hmm. some negotiations across that board that are, that are affecting his negotiations. And I don't think it's a quarterback in Los Angeles. I think it's a mm -hmm. wide receiver in Cincinnati. I think it may be a defensive player in Cincinnati. It may be, I think he wants to keep that core around looking at what the the salary cap's doing over the next two years is going up $60 million. He's well aware of that. And I think he knows like, all right, I'll, I'll take a little bit longer deal, but you have to get these deals done. Like we all have to be agreeing upon that. Now um, you, you, you know, when you, the, the interviews at the, the, what do they call it? The mock turtle soup luncheon or whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, Duke Tobin, uh, Duke and Katie, both, the, the whole time have kind of been saying, look, there's no pecking order as far as getting it done. We know we got a lot to get done. We need to get mm -hmm. these done. Um, but Mike Brown said there, there's one that's more important than the rest. You know what I mean? Like right. he's taking that biggest piece of pie. He talked about it. And, and, and that was, I think, a little bit more honesty than maybe Duke or Katie wanted to say. But mm – -hmm. That's a cold hard facts. You got to know what that number is, no matter what's going on around it. And maybe it does have to do with T. Higgins, Logan Wilson, DJ Reader, Cheeto Ouzier. Maybe it has to do with those guys and what they're going to get and how they're all going to agree. At I think you're going to see a domino effect. I think one's going to go, and you're going to see two or three go. Um, yeah. So, so I, I appreciated his candor in saying that's the. That's the number. That's the first domino we got to get right. You don't get a second chance to get that kind of guy correctly paid and locked down for another five years or more. Yeah, and it was actually fun listening to Joe Burrow talk in the press conference too, because he's also been given this this just this deviant kind of like smile to people that's been wanting to try to pierce through the question and get details regarding. And he just giving an answer like you'll see it when it happens. He ain't giving <laughs> you'll up see nothing. It when yeah, it's like, it, it's he, he's he might as well be out there saying, uh, uh, you know, snitches get stitches. He ain't yeah. giving up nobody, nothing. Yeah, no, um, and then it's and it's great. I love it, you know, because at the end of the day, he's confident it's going to get done. The organization's confident it's going to get done. I understand that there's a lot of angst between the fan base, obviously myself included in that fan base, that we want to just see the ticker go across the ESPN headline or just get the news on Twitter or whatever, NFL Network, however you find your NFL news or breaking news, that we want to see that Joe Burrow has signed his mega extension so we can just breathe a huge sigh of relief. I understand that. But I also trust in this team and this organization of what he's evolved to that we don't I don't personally don't need to keep monitoring my phone on a regular basis, even though I do subconsciously find myself doing it, though. But I just love his answers at the presser at the podium and what he's been trying to say, because it's like, dude, I I've, I gave you the information that I feel comfortable with. And that's on you guys to just to kind of wait and see. And, you know, and and also, too. <clears throat> I find it very annoying that we have certain reporters, and I'm not going to mention who they are, of course, because I, I don't really know, can't really always match the voice up to who's asking the questions. But sometimes the questions regarding the contracts are just outlandish. Again, ask different questions. I get that we want to get the inside information to be able to yeah. spew it out to the public. Look, I'm no beat ro reporter. I'm no I'm no writer or anything like that. Just oh, stop well, him in be. the middle of it and say, objection, leading the witness. Yeah. 
<laughs> it's like just just stop asking about the contract. He already literally told you yeah. exactly what he was comfortable both sides, and that goes to Mike Brown at the mock turtle soup respectfully. And I think what he said was respectfully, we're not going to infringe upon any details of the contract. Respecting the other side of the party and our side too, we going it's essentially it's going to get done. Just wait. Yeah. It's going to happen, okay? You, you know, know, something else that stu stood out about the contracts and stuff that, that Mike Brown – I think the way Mike Brown said it, even though Duke did address it a little bit, but the way Mike Brown said that he was proud of Joe Mixon um, yeah. for seeing what he wanted, knowing that they were in a situation where they're, they got a lot of people that are, you know, he said at the trough uh, feeding and not all the hogs can get fed. Is the way mm -hmm. he 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 uh he he stated it, but he the way he said he was proud of him, knowing the situation he was in, he wanted to be here for two more years, mm -hmm. and he was willing to compromise that contract to get back to get more of these guys in here and keep that continuity together. And I thought that was he said it without being condescending. You know, a lot of times I yeah, I have a, yeah. a really good mentor of mine, um, you know, always prefaces when he says i'm not i'm not talking down to you when i say this but i'm very proud of you and right. and i felt that like he didn't say it that way but i don't think mike brown meant it in a condescending way like it it was like he looked at the big picture um and i i, I liked i liked that comment out of him you know we we've had some i've had some issues with with mr brown uh in the past you know what i mean and i've been pretty vocal about it but that you know it seems like there's some change uh yeah. i you know with katie and with duke and with all these guys i i, I liked it but um you know there there is probably somebody not getting fed at that trough right mm -hmm. so um i got four names that st uh, stick out to me we got cheeto we got dj reader we got logan wilson and we got my guy t higgins so out of those four, Justin, who do you think might be the one on the outside looking in out of those four? Or is it's there a fifth one I'm not thinking about? I don't know. There could be a fifth one there, um, and it could be one of our draft picks too. I mean, Akeem Davis-Gaither comes to mind with that as well too. I mean, he can be inserted in that conversation. Trey Hendrickson. You know, I mean, I understand that he has signed a free agency contract uh, beginning of 2021. Uh, and I think that this is the last year of his deal, if I'm not mistaken, that he he may want an extension or maybe not the last year. The next look it, DJ. I he had one it might more. be DJ. It might be DJ reader that I'm thinking of. Um, but to answer your question regarding just the standard four, um, you know, it's really tough, man, because I understand that Mike Brown probably rubbed some people the wrong way with those comments said that, hey, not a lot of people are going to get fed, but just to kind of clarify any owner or any general manager will make that exact same statement when it comes to pay, shelling out salary and uh, to their trying to pay guys that are to be fed underneath the salary cap. It, it's, he's absolutely correct. You can't fit anybody in there. So I guess the mind frame here that I'm thinking of is that if you're going with this notion that we need to just keep get the band back together all the time and every time and not always and not project into the future, you're going to kind of do yourself a disservice a little bit. But I, so I had a, I just needed to say that just right then and there as a little tad bit open and rant in response to Mike Brown's comments. But to answer the question. So you said 
there's Logan Wilson, there's T. Higgins, there's Cheeto, and then it was a fourth person. DJ Reader. Trey Henderson does have another year. Um, in 2024, he's okay. a $17.5 million cap hit. Mm-hmm. And he um, might want an extension himself. Like, we might find ourselves very well in a Chris Jones situation, like the Chiefs are finding with, out with Chris Jones right. and him asking for $30 million a year and holding out. Trey Henderson might be doing the same thing next year. So we got to keep that in mind as we look to extend certain guys. And if that is if Trey Henderson has another great year, goes to the Pro Bowl for a third consecutive year as a Bengal, who to say that he doesn't deserve it? But yeah. let me just let me just stick with this uh, answer for you, just to kind of, you know, satisfy the answer of the question. My guess would be as much as I hate to say it because I love him and I'm so happy that we had signed him, it may be Cheeto. It may be Cheeto, unless he is willing to take presumably a, like a team-friendly contract because he did sign a, a nice team-friendly contract going into the Bengals as a second contract, but he was coming off injuries with the Cowboys. The Cowboys' defense was garbage, uh, at least their secondary during that 2020 season, if I'm not mistaken. And he was he was a member of that secondary, even though I didn't think he was bad. But the secondary and the defense overall of that Mike Nolan led Cowboys defense was historically bad. So I think Cheeto may be on the outside looking in. But but. That depends on how fast the secondary grows. Um, I don't think. T. Higgins and Logan Wilson are going to be guys that's going to be on the outside looking in, regardless of, you know, speculation from our ops. And when I say ops, I mean people that are haters, our op opponents. I'm calling them ops here. Mm-hmm. You know, people that want to have wishful thinking and thinking that we can't fit all of these guys and we're going to be losing out on somebody. But if that would be the case, that T. Higgins or Logan and or Logan Wilson are, are not going to be able to resign with us because their contracts are too lucrative. I trust in the Bengals organization. And I was ultimately just trusting Joe Burrow that they can rebuild this thing pretty damn fast, uh, regardless of it. But I think that those two guys get done. I think Cheeto may be on the outside looking in. um, And that's because I think the development of the cornerback room, and I'm not talking about safeties here, the cornerback room with the rookies even included from this past draft will be better, much better anticipated than we think. And that is going to include Cheeto in a conversation of, hey, he's going to perform great along with them, too. But that's going to be a tough question that you're going to have to present yourself with is or is he can he sign another team friendly deal or do we have to let him test the market and go get it back somewhere else for his third contract, so to speak? Yeah. Um, Trey Hendrickson, what I think of when I look at 17 and a half million, I'm going to start with that. Coming off after 2024, mm-hmm. mm, that's 17 and a half million that we can pay in 2025 to uh, Chase. So Jamar Chase, not Chase Brown. We got to get the right mm-hmm. chases now. So I think we have gotten some more depth at edge. I think we're going to continue to see that. Um, I, I think he may end up being a cap casualty uh, two years from now. But to answer my own question, out of these four guys, there's a couple comments that have happened this off offseason that led me to my um, my decision, pushing me over the edge from something that I kind of felt just because of our historical uh, – uh, the way we've historically signed players and not signed players. Um, we had – 
I, I believe uh, it, it was uh, Coach Zach called him uh, special. He's different. That's what it was. He called Cheeto Wuzier. He said he's just different. He's different. And when he, and that was talking about him coming back from that, that knee surgery and how he looks and, you know, jumping on one leg, making interceptions, joking around. Um, he said he's just different, right? The other thing was in this mock uh, turtle soup um, thing, uh, Duke Tobin talked about DJ Reader, and he, he said when he's been available, he's been dominant. So that already, you know, you start looking at different words, different verbiage for different guys, and I start thinking, okay, are they trying to set it up? So, hey, we're going to try and get you at a little bit more of a discount, DJ Reader, because we're only paying you for the 13 games you're going to play in. Um, is that what they're going to try and do? And and maybe he goes for that. Maybe he does. But I don't see him shelling out bags for 30-year-old uh, defensive linemen very often. When he comes up next year, he'll turn 31, I believe, in, during the season. So because of those things, I think DJ Reader's probably uh, the cap casualty. Now, could I see, you know, T. Higgins? Um, obviously, everybody's kind of concerned with uh, his representative is the same re representative right. Bates had. Uh, so there is some concern with that. Um, but who knows? I don't think it, I don't think we're going to handle it the same way we did Bates with him. I don't see us because we did the the you know the franchise tag. It's a one year time. It's not, he wasn't drafting the first round, so you can't go two years on him on a franchise tag. So you get mm -hmm. one franchise tag, and I think a, a third round draft pick and a compensatory uh, pick like that is probably compensatory pick is probably more valuable to the Bengals than trying to tag him one time, especially if Charlie Jones is who we think he is. I, I, I see, you know, maybe you can move some people around. Maybe then you get a Boyd sign for a couple more years. I don't know. But I, I think there's some options out there. So that's my take on it. Any, any closing comments on that before we uh, we pay some bills? Yeah, so uh, regarding T. Higgins, for those that don't know or probably forgot, his agent is David Mulgetta. He is the f most famously known for getting Deshaun Watson his fully guaranteed contract with the Cleveland Browns, which we all thought was preposterous and outlandish, of course. Um, and it's kind of sort of, in my opinion, I don't know about how you feel, uh, Brandon, but it just feels like to me that he's been living off that high uh, as an agent, that he was the one I got that negotiated for him. And I don't think he's done anything really sort of earth shattering since for his uh, for the clients that he represents, so to speak. But yeah, I'm Bates. not. He got Bates what we wouldn't give him. Well, that's true. But at the end of the day, the Falcons were uh, an aggressively over the cap sort of kind of team that, well, I won't say over the cap. They had a lot of money to spend. They weren't paying yeah. a franchise quarterback. They had a guy, Desmond, on his rookie deal. So uh, he wasn't paying no money to Matt Ryan because if they still had Matt Ryan at the contract that they have him, uh, I don't think it would have gave him that contract. But regardless, so to speak. He Bates deserved the bag. So I absolutely agree with that. And it was a lot. Just, it, I think it was a really high signing bonus for safety, uh, if, I'm, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah. I don't want people to worry about David Mulgetta as the factoid of if T. Higgins is going to sign long term or not, even though that is in the back of people's minds. 
because of how he sort of plays hardball with the organization. But that's the only comments that I had to make regarding Higgins. All right. Well, with that said, uh, Justin and myself are going to go to a quick five-second break uh, here if you're on YouTube watching this. And if you are watching and listening to us on Spotify, we're going to pay some bills. We'll be right back. All right, let's get back into things. Um, thanks for hanging through that break. We're going to talk about some quarterbacks. Why not, right? Um, yeah, yeah kinda, my favorite kinda, topic, my favorite positions too. Kind of the most important thing. Um, you know, uh, I had friends. I, I want to tell this story. I'm not going to name names, but I had friends that had season tickets for years. Uh, and when we uh, let the red rifle go, Andy Dalton, um, they got rid of their season tickets. Mm. They, they they didn't trust in that in, in that process and the way it was going. And I said, look, I don't know, you know, if Andy Dalton might not lose you the Super Bowl someday if you build the team around him correctly, but I know he ain't gonna go out there and win it. So I'm ready to look for that guy that might be able to go out there and win it. Mm -hmm. I think we found yeah. that guy. I think we found mm -hmm. that guy. So, so pretty happy about the way things went. Uh, I hope he went out and got more season tickets. I don't know. I know he still goes to a lot of games. It might be costing him some extra coin. Uh, but yeah, that's where we're at with that. Now, I want to look at the the top. I got ten here. We'll just kind of go through it. If you can massage through ten. Uh, I'm looking at by more of a fantasy perspective. I know you got a little bit on more of a who you want to run your team perspective. Uh, but before we go into this, did you see Joe Burrow's comments today? Just cool as a cucumber. After oh, yeah. training camp, he said, I'm one of the best in the world. Oh, yeah. Like it was awesome to listen to. And and that was what I was alluding to earlier regarding the contract about him not really giving up any insight on that. But yeah, man, the guy is uber confident in his own ability. He understands what he's being viewed as. He is one of the best in the world right now. And he is going to be one of the best in the world for the foreseeable future. And right now, respectfully, you know, Mahomes is the top dog. He did win the Super Bowl. You know, he got his second MVP, second Super Bowl championship. But Burrow's right there behind him. And I think that it won't be long before Burrow starts challenging Mahomes to that number one spot and over the throne him. That's just obviously my opinion as a fan. And I might sound delusional when I say that. But Burrow has shown evidence that he can do it. In fact, he's already beaten him. So why wouldn't Burrow walk with that confidence that, you know, I know I'm one of the best in the game. So I don't need to kind of prove that to anybody around, so to speak. But yeah, I love that. I love everything about it. Yeah, yeah, me too, man. I, he he walks a fine line about you know being confident, being cocky. He's got a little bit of both. Uh, his his swag walks that line of cockiness. I'm okay with it. Quarterbacks got to be confident. They got to mm -hmm. you know have that poise and command it. And 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 I think he gets away with it. I think uh you know you look at at him across the nation. You look at the the mm -hmm. the um, you know, Jersey sales, you look at all these other things and how he's talked about in national media lights. 
I think he gets away with it. I think he he's kind of, you know, endearing in a way with it. So uh, it's pretty cool. Um, top 10 quarterbacks, man. This is for the 2023 season. Who you got at number 10? We'll go back and forth. So my number 10 quarterback, I'm going to have Kirk Cousins right here. Okay. And this may be pulling teeth a little bit because I know people usually rank them between that 12 to 15 range. I did dabble between him, Dak, Dak Prescott, and maybe other people in this spot. But I'm going to land on Kirk Cousins because, you know what, after watching that quarterback documentary, I did. I'm not going to lie. I, I mean, I really didn't learn anything new about his character, so to speak. But his his work ethic, his grit, and his determination of wanting to always try to go out there and be better for his team is really one of the best that I've seen out of a quarterback. Now, is he up there with the elites of the elites? No, I don't think so. And maybe next time that we have this conversation, which could be relatively soon, I may have him down the list, you know, depending on how the season goes for him. But I got to respect what he did, just did this past season. The guy that did win a number of one score close games. And it was really, that's really tough to do in and of itself. And I know they went one and done in the playoffs, but I, I attribute to that more than, you know, the team more or less failing along with him. But number 10, I have Kirk Cousins. <clears throat> Uh, number 10, I got Deshaun Jurgens, uh, <laughs> Cleveland Browns quarterback. I love it. I love uh, it. No, Deshaun Watson at 10 for me. I think uh, a full year with the team, they brought in some more weapons. I think he's going to have a bounce back year. I don't see him getting back in that top five um, mm -hmm. right <laughs> now, especially uh, he made some comments. You know, uh, yesterday uh, that were insensitive um, about the narrative that the yeah. media put out there about his situation. It wasn't a narrative, man. There was some accusations and there was some wrongdoing was according, yeah. some, according to some court documents. So mm -hmm. the NFL and I don't know, whatever. It, I just don't think I don't like the way he's handling it. I think the best thing he can do is stay away from a microphone. If he does that, maybe he can jump up into that eight range. I don't know. But mm -hmm. I think jumping to 10 off of what we saw last year, pretty good jump for him at the Sean Watson at 10. Uh, by the way, Kirk Cousins, rooting for the guy for the first time in my life. I'm a Michigan fan. He's a Michigan State guy. Uh, but that that quarterback, um, really, I, I think that quarterback um, series on Netflix made it, more than anything made him endearing too. Like he, yeah, yeah, like him. So who you got at nine? Yeah, before I reveal my nine, I do want to touch base a comment about Deshaun Watson. Just for any spoiler alert fans, I do not have Deshaun Watson in my top ten, and that's because I need to see it first before I believe it. I do not buy into the Cleveland Browns at all. I just don't because it's too many times we go into these things with the hopeful hype that the Browns are going to just be this world-renowned team. We've seen it since Baker got there in 2018 and 2019 that they had all of these aspirations of doing great things, and they haven't even won a division first. So I have them just outside. Is he top 10 caliber? Yes. Could he be potentially top five caliber? Maybe. But for now, I do. I just have him just outside, maybe 11 or 12 right now for my quarterback. Fair. Years. But I I, I struggle with him and a couple other guys. So I, I fair. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Now at number nine. 
Okay. I struggled with this one too, because there's a lot of great quarterbacks that are deserving of top 10 recognition as the top 10 caliber status. But I ultimately landed on Dak Prescott here over who I wanted eventually was Russell Wilson. Again, I like as like with the great Stephen A. Smith, like to say on ESPN, the list can be fluid. You know what I mean? So Dak Prescott, I'm landing him here right now just because out of respect, I do I do believe that he is a leader of men uh, for his team, that he is somebody. And I think I may have contradicted myself when I was talking about Kirk Cousins, because I think I said I had him over Dak. Well, which I didn't mean to say, uh, but I have Dak Prescott here because I truly believe that he is a leader of men. And I think that all he's done was just. He, he just has to deal with the pressure of playing for the Dallas Cowboys, man. And if he were playing for any other team, throwing the numbers that he's been doing, I think he would have already gotten more credit and recognition right there. Um, but again, the list is fluid. Not really going to speak too much into the volatility of his numbers because they can go. They can be good one day. They can be not so good. Do I think that he's a person that can carry his team on his shoulders on a weekly basis? Not really, but he has his moments where he could. If you absolutely have your back against the wall and you need the Cowboys to win the game to save you uh, and so that way you can stay in the playoff contention, that can do that. And, uh, you know, he just unfortunately just had tough breaks in the playoffs and playing against that vaunted 49er defense. So, Again, unpopular opinion by many, but this is who I have at number nine. So I was uh, I was getting ready to give a shout out uh, to a Dallas Texas or excuse me a Dallas Cowboys fan um, <laughs> from Texas who I talked to and no it's not mod uh, who I talked to um, last week last week um, but I don't want I don't want people can't give him a shout out uh in his business and everything and have everybody upset about this but um he did he said he since Dak got hurt he sees fear in his eyes and he doesn't play the same way and he doesn't know if it's going to go away he thinks it might be too far down i don't know i didn't analyze it that way i just always not been the greatest fan of Dak. um uh, I think he, I don't know, uh, leader of men. Yeah. I'll give you that. He's been through some tough stuff in his life. Uh, and he perseveres and he carries himself extremely well. Uh, I just don't like the way he throws a ball period. That's it. <laughs> so, so I don't have Dak. I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you a, a, a quick, uh, update on my top 10. No Dak. Um, <laughs> but I will go at number nine here. I'm going to take the opportunity to put in the very wealthy Justin Herbert. Uh, mm. I know a lot of people are putting him a little bit higher in their uh, in, in their list than than I have, uh, especially when you're looking at mine being fantasy generated. Ah, prove it to me. Um, so I I I, just, I don't know, man. I arm talent. Oh yeah, yeah top two, three in the league, no doubt. Um, you know, him and, and and Josh Allen, I think, have special arm talent. But there's there's more to this quarterbacking than just the arm talent. So I got him, I got him at nine. So who do you got at eight? You know what? That is a really great point that you bring up about Herbert. And I understand that when you catapult him up the 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 top five caliber boards because that's what he is he is the top five caliber quarterback when you just look at the talent alone on the screen 
I'm one of those people that, yeah, numbers do matter to me, but it doesn't really matter to me on the strength of where that's all you can do. Because, again, it's the argument I just made about Kirk Cousins. I can say the exact same thing about Justin Herbert, who actually comes in at number eight for me because of the exact same thing that you mentioned. We have gotten to this space where we have wrote all these excuses for Herbert. Oh, it's his offensive coordinator, Joe Lombardi. Oh, he had to come into a uh, tough situation. He had Anthony Lynn as his head coach. His offensive line was bad when he got here. And I sit there and think of Joe Burrow was picked number one overall to an organization that had absolutely nothing. And he was able to take that team to a Super Bowl, albeit a couple of draft picks had to help him out along the way, of course, as we already know. But Justin Herbert, when he came and got drafted to the Chargers, the offensive line was bad. I give him that. But those are also due to some due to the fact that they had free agents that they signed like Trey Turner, who was just coming off of a five time Pro Bowl uh, caliber career with the Carolina Panthers before getting there. And it didn't work out. Um, I understand he also had bad tackles. Again, offensive line was bad. I'll give you that. But on defense, it's not like he didn't have Joey Bosa over there. It ain't like he didn't have uh, Derwin James. I get it. They were also injured at times and whatnot throughout their his particular short career so far. But those are still big time guys, Pro Bowl caliber guys. You know, they also are high, highly paid guys in their respective positions. They also just traded for Khalil Mack in last season. So they have more help on defense and signed J.C. Jackson, who was the best cornerback off of last season's um, free agency board. Yeah, no doubt. And it's. And it just didn't really work out for them in that manner. But at the end of the day, what I come away with is that I still have questions if Justin Herbert can full on deliver in clutch true moments like I see with the Allen, like I see with the Mahomes, like I can see with the Burrow. And even to an extent, Jalen Hurts, who's obviously going to be on his top 10 list as well, too. So I have Herbert at number eight for me. I need to see it. I need to, like, finally see it. I'm not one of these. We're not for all the listeners that's listening to us here. Brandon and I are not one of those that we're going to just automatically assume that you can do it just because off of your pure adolescent talent that you have. Yeah, okay? Your pedigree, your pedigree only goes so far. Exactly. You have to yeah. go out there and prove it. You have multiple chances to go out there and prove it and just didn't, you know, go beat Kansas and go, go win a division or something. I don't, I don't know what it is that those measure sticks are going to be done with, but you have to actually do it this time. So that's why I have them at number eight. All right, my number eight, a different Justin, Justin Fields. Mm. I got him at number eight. Again, fantasy football, not necessarily a guy I want quarterback in my team, but does a lot of damage with his legs, does some damage with the arm. They got some more pieces for him out there. Uh, he's going he's gonna to get some rushing touchdowns, play a hard-nosed uh, type of uh, – uh, I, I, a style of football. I think he makes a little bit of a jump. Uh, he had some great fantasy numbers when he was playing last year. I think if they would have been a little bit better off, uh, that he probably would have played more of those games. I don't, I think he was dinged up, but they sat him, they lost some more games. They got some good draft picks. So I think that was all kind of the plan at that point in time. So I got Justin Fields at eight. We're going to skip right over to you, Justin, at seven. There's a lot of Justin's going on. 
I know we got three. We talking about three different Justins, including myself, with this whole thing. But that is a wild take, bro. I mean, he, but here's the thing: it ain't that wild to me because I know where you're coming from with this. Uh, but I know a lot of listeners are going to attribute to that this is your top five, your top ten quarterback list, like starting from start to finish. And that's not what this is for me. That's what it is. You know, we're doing a little bit of jumping. I'm back doing fancy. No, you're but doing, I, I don't you're have. Doing, I, <laughs> you're doing. You're doing not, leading the team. Yes, yes. Now, I do not have Justin Fields in my top 10 right now, but he has so much talent that I see him catapult in that Bears team. Like, just I was just watching highlights on the other night, man. And damn, man, that dude can run. Like, he is just one hell of a runner. He is, if he gets it clicking the right way, and then I think he can, he is going to be incredibly difficult to stop. Uh, And I think this is the year for him to prove it. You know, Aaron Rodgers is out of division now. It's now your turn or else Detroit is going to just siphon it from underneath your feet right there. So you better capitalize it while you can. Otherwise, you know, then now we're going to start talking about, are you really that dude or are you a bust, but just happen to be super talented. But I just mentioned Aaron Rodgers and this is who I have at number seven. And I know he's one of the OGs. He's one of the greatest to ever do it. If you ask me personally, um, I I'm not comparing Aaron Rodgers in his career in totality, obviously, but I am not going to dismiss the fact that this dude did win back-to-back MVPs in 2020 and in 2021. Um, Although one of those could have been Burrow, but you know, I'll save that for another time, but Aaron Rodgers is still a talented, gift to do. They just went through a lot of shit in green Bay. I mean, they just did. I mean, obviously he was a part of the problem. And if you ask me personally as well, like it just, he didn't really help make it better, but he wasn't the main problem in green Bay. And I think that his play suffered because of it in a sense, because he had to deal with a lot of new stuff, new pieces, new toys. And it's funny because I see a number of those pieces are with the jets now, but I'm very much more confident in a jets defense than I was in green Bay's defense last last year. And, Yeah, so I think that you're going to see a different Aaron. I don't think you're going to see MVP caliber Aaron like we've always been accustomed to seeing. But you're going to see a very effective, you know, put team on your back Aaron like he's done in years past. He can challenge the top of the division with guys like with the Josh Allen's of the world. And um, he can also have the he has the core belief and ability to even go toe to toe and beat Patrick Mahomes this year. I think they play in week two, if I'm not mistaken, or one of the first four weeks of the season. So he's my number seven uh, quarterback on this list. All right. My number seven is where you start seeing a lot of scratch outs, moving arrows pointing on my list. I started moving things around. I started overthinking, overanalyzing. And here's how I came up to number seven. It's a very weird way of doing it. I got number seven as Lamar Jackson in fantasy football quarterbacks. And here's why. If Lamar Jackson's healthy, plays up to his potential, top three uh, fantasy football quarterback. But what I've seen from him in the past two years, he's not going to play every game. So I got him around 11 or 12 because he's going to play 14, 13, 15 games. So because of that, I took the mean. I took the mean average. I put him in seven. I don't know. Hedge your bets a little bit, I guess. Uh, I do. I do think he's got the talent. Or uh, I'm interested to see what OBJ does. Uh, you know, we had some wide receivers in their 30s that signed contracts this year uh, with with him and and Hop uh, D Hop. Um, you know, normally that's where you see the fall off. 
Who knows what they're going to do exactly, but even with him, Zay Flowers, I think uh, a little new-look offense. They sound like they're going to throw the ball a little bit more. I got him at seven. Yeah, and that's right. actually a good pitch for him fantasy-wise. I get it. Number six, because I know six you hit it that way. I'm going to take Lamar Jackson at six. And <laughs> so we're we're finding some parallels for our listeners that's kind of tuning in because I know you guys were very confused up to this point of what list uh, B Dirt was doing and versus what I was doing. But my list, just to, so to speak, this is my list of who I have as my personal top 10 quarterbacks in the NFL currently, according to me. And again, the list is fluid because these the, the level of play does matter to me when you're going into this season. But I do have Lamar Jackson number at number six. I think that uh, he is going to be a big time challenger for our Bengals here. Um, that Ravens team, that they have a credible defense. Um, they gave us the toughest fits in the playoffs, not the Chiefs. Sorry, Chiefs fans. <clears throat> if you are, if there is any Chiefs fans listening. Um, it is the Ravens defense. But I also think that Lamar Jackson's play, sort of people are doing a lot of wishful thinking, but it's for the right reasons. The wishful thinking is kind of similar to like with Herbert, like they just pre-anointed that they automatically assume that he can do it just because of the talent. Well, with Lamar, he has to guys to go back there and prove it again. I'm not going to put down his unanimous MVP of 2019 stake in the – dude, you went one and done in the playoffs that season, even though you had the best record, and I don't care at this point. Lately, like you said, B-Dirt, he hasn't really proven much other than just milking a couple of injuries, and maybe because it was regarding his contract talk. I don't want to get into those kind of theories right off the bat, but he got to prove it. He got to step his game up a bit because otherwise – Hey, we mentioned about Herbert, you know, needing to prove it. He can catapult and leapfrog him. And in a lot of people's lists, they already have Herbert in front of Lamar. So, Lamar, I like where they're headed offensively. They're going to have a nice little weaponry at the receiving core. They still got Mark Andrews, who's still one of the top three tight ends in the game. They're running back by committee approach with strong runners like, you know, J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards. Um, hell, I think they even signed um, – I can't necessarily remember who they signed. Oh, yeah. Um, I just – I literally forgot his name. He played played for the Chargers, Broncos, and for the Chiefs. He played all throughout the AFC West. He got a win with the Chiefs last, week, last season, and he didn't really do anything. Um, anyways, it's, it, I'm, I'm blanking Frank on the Clark. name right now. <laughs> no, nah, not Frank Clark. No, nah, not Frank Clark. But I'm blanking <laughs> on his name. He didn't do anything. Mel- Melvin him. Gordon. Melvin Gordon. Oh, yeah, That's yeah, yeah. Yeah, he signed – I, I think he'll take, just... he'll take a couple of touchdowns. I, I, I touched on that uh, last Friday on the, on the homies uh, that I do. Shout out to the homies Friday, 805 live on YouTube mm-hmm. or catch it anywhere you listen, uh, listen to your podcast. But I think that's going to hurt the draftability of J.K. Dobbins because he's going to take about an, on top of a normal running back, you know, what they had there. Um, you know, with Edwards is already going to take some carries. Now mm-hmm. Melvin Gordon's going to get more than that third back was without that without him there. So I think he's going to take about three hundred yards away from him, probably three, four, five touchdowns. It, it could, and you know what? And Melvin Gordon, I'm look, I understand. Man, he could. He was once upon a time ago a franchise running back for the Chargers before he was sort of dethroned by Austin Eckler, who I like. Um, Mm -hmm. and he, but he also could just be an insurance policy for JK Dobbins because he also had been banged up with injuries, but we're always still kind of in this, oh, Lamar Jackson can do it. He just showed you can do it. And I feel like there's too many different narratives that spin around Lamar Jackson. He is the most 
electrifying quarterback in the game. There's no question about that. I understand that. But I got to see him prove it. This is why he is here on my list at number six. Uh, my number six, ironically, Aaron Rodgers. So we did a little nah. flip-flop there. I think Aaron Rodgers has a that one more. He came into camp. He looks good. He looks lean. I think he's got – this is one more for the gusto. I think uh, he's going to do some pretty exciting things with Garrett Wilson. Um, I, I just like his style. Uh, even though he brought over Lazard, he brought some of his own guys over. Uh, I just think, man, that Wilson and him, I think, are going to click and 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 do some special things. One more year, and then I don't think he holds together after that. He's probably going to have to go do mushrooms or ayahuasca or whatever he wants to do. <laughs> All right, on to your number five. What do you got, Mr. Lacey? All right, so this is where it gets a little juicy for some people. And, We're at uh, Lacey's actually... five best quarterbacks. Yeah, according to Justin Lacey, I think that this is the safe spot for me to put Trevor Lawrence here. I need T Law right here on this list, and it's much of the maligned reasons that I did not say for Herbert that people just anoint him on this list. Um, even though, again, I do believe Justin Herbert is top five caliber, but Trevor Lawrence to me is top five now because he just literally proved it last season in his second year. He had took, yes, he took advantage of a weak division. The Titans was supposed to run away with that division in mid during midseason. But after they got beat down by the Bengals and they just kind of went on this losing streak afterwards, and that opened up the window to Jacksonville to go ahead and steal the division underneath them. And guess what? Along the way, he beat Justin Herbert twice in the playoffs where he came down from a 27 to nothing deficit and won. Okay. You that's 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 kind of showing you something there. Now, he can he can teeter down on this list, too, just like anybody can teeter up on this list. And I know it's probably premature for some folks to say this about Trevor Lawrence, but I truly think that Trevor Lawrence is the one main thing that holds the Jacksonville team together, uh, just like how we think about Joe Burrow. Now, do I think that he is elite category? No. Just because you were in his top five and at number five, that doesn't necessarily make you elite. To me, there's only three true quarterbacks that is elite, and we're obviously going to get to him here as we continue down this list. But I have Trevor Lawrence at top five, and it won't be long before he actually proves it, and then other people are going to put him in their top five too. Well, our top five are going to be very similar. Five, I've got Trevor Lawrence. I think he is uh, – I think we watched him mature a lot last year. Um, he's obviously always been gifted, but now you get – Calvin Ridley back with Zay Jones, with Christian Kirk, with Evan Ingram on a new deal. Uh, he, you got ETN, you got Tank Bigsby drafted this year. I just like the way that offense is looking. I think he's going to cook mm -hmm. this year. I think he's going to have some oh, pretty, yeah. ga pretty gaudy numbers. I expect him to be in that 35 uh, touchdown range and keep his interceptions down in that, uh, you know, 10, 11, 12 range. So yeah, I think he's gonna have some pretty good numbers. I think he's gonna be our, our our fifth. And he he also, you know, athletic. He can get out of the pocket and run when he has, when he has to too. So he'll get a couple running touchdowns without yeah, a doubt. Definitely. So number four, who you got, Justin? I think we're going to have the same guy here. Uh, speculating, but I'm going with Jalen Hurts, and it's again took his team to the Super Bowl and respectfully did it, even though I feel like that team was absolutely loaded across the board with the Eagles. Uh, 
they were your classic best roster in the NFC, best team in the NFC. So they were bound to come out on top. Nobody really truly challenged them. It could have been a 49ers had they would have had a healthy Brock Purdy at quarterback, I would have liked to think. Um, it also could have been a very well the Dallas Cowboys had they not lost to that same very 49ers team in the divisional round of the playoffs because the Cowboys are the only team that I feel like in that division specifically that can give them fits. So I have just Jalen Fields. I'm sorry, I said Jalen Fields. <laughs> I have Jalen Hurts here at number four. Um, I like his game. He's he's a gamer. He's a great runner. He's a great thrower of the football. He makes big throws. I love the way how he just rainbows the deep ball to whether it's to A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. Um, there is a little bit of a gap between my next three uh, just because how much of that is the talent around him more so than him, so to speak. But to his credit, he did exactly what a great quarterback should do in a perfect situation was win at a high level and take your team to the dance. And you know what? If it wasn't for no overzealous holding call on the DB, he could have got a last shot at the last drive of the Super Bowl to potentially ended up tying it or potentially winning it. You know, so but that's all not that is all, so to speak. But Jalen Hurts, number four for me. You are correct, sir. I have Jalen Hurts at four. Um, again, this is uh, the section of the list four through seven, eight, where there's a lot of scribble scratches and arrows. Um, I think Jalen Hurts had his best uh, season that he'll ever have in his career mm -hmm. last year. Yeah, uh, can, perfect storm. They they played. They got had a really favorable schedule. Um, right. I've actually gone out on record. And this hurts my soul and said that I think the Dallas Cowboys are going to win the East. Um, but I still think when it comes to fantasy football, I wouldn't put him at number four on my overall list. But fantasy football, I got to put him at four. Um, I think overall, I, I got him somewhere around seven, eight overall uh, yeah. if I was doing my overall list. But I, I, he's going to get some yards. Uh, that damn rugby scrum is going to get him some yards and he's going to get some touchdowns from it. So they didn't outlaw it. I leave him at four. Who you got at three and why do we have the same last three people? It's because they're elite. Go for it. Yeah. This is the elite tier. This is the best of the best right here. And uh, I don't think that there's any question. There shouldn't be necessarily any question. If you do have questions regarding these these next three guys, it's whether it's the order of operations or because you want a certain guy in there, it's because you just want to insert your favorite person in there. But number three is Josh Allen. You know, for me, uh, Josh Allen, he's a whiz at the throwing a cannon. He's also like a human buffalo, literally, when he runs the football. He can truck guys over and – you know, he's gotten he's just been so elite and so advanced at the at playing the game uh, since the first let's just, I guess probably since the first two years when he entered the league, when it just looked at awful, you know. But once he got everything figured out starting in 2020, he's just been on a tear ever since, you know, went to an AFC championship game, lost against the Chiefs. I understand. Also lost against the division round against the Chiefs. And I know a lot of people are down on the Bills because they lost to our Bengals in the division round at home, which I'm sorry, but Bills Mafia, we 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 kicked y'all ass that day. And I, I'm never gonna let that forget, let y'all forget that. But anyways, Josh Allen is my number three quarterback. And it's primarily, and I still believe in the Buffalo Bills, essentially, even though it feels like that people are writing them off. 
but I don't write them off because of Josh Allen. And I believe his ability to just still carry the team on his shoulders and win your football games. They do got a tough schedule. That NFC, I'm sorry, that AFC East is not easy. It's not going to be the easy cakewalk, but it does have a chance to be one of the more overrated divisions in football. Like it was in the AFC West a season ago. And we all thought that that was going to give the chiefs problems. And then they end up going six and zero down the stretch. So, Enough say about that, but Josh Allen is my number three. All right, my number three is Josh Allen. Um, I think he covered most of it, but here's the thing I'm going to add. If he would quit fumbling the ball and throwing it to the wrong team, he might be number one on this list. <laughs> I'm going to leave it at that and keep it moving. Who you got at number two? Oh, That's funny because, you know, I should have brought that up, but I'm so happy you brought that up too. Because people don't want to attribute to that, that oh, it's because they had a change in offensive coordinator. Yeah, I don't think an offensive coordinator has very much to do with just turnovers, so to speak. But it could be offensive philosophy. Who knows? He's got yeah, way too but, big of hands to keep dropping the ball like that. He just would randomly drop it. It's the wildest thing I've seen. Yeah, it, the fumbles is just crazy. Because it reminds like, me of John Kidney. <laughs> like he's a big dude and you're fumbling you get strip sack fumble quite a bit or as often as you run around in it or just even in the pocket so i i do agree with that but to answer your question number two and there's no surprise to us Bengal fans Bengals nation is joe shiesty joe Burr, joe burrow we know who we talking about here listen Joe Burrow is one of the is to me, he's going to ultimately end up being the greatest Bengal quarterback of all time. And that's even when future years come, when we have future draft picks after his era is now gone and passed. I don't think it's long before he gets a championship ring or rings, I should say. I said it earlier in the show uh, episode today that it won't be long before he challenges Mahomes. Spoiler alert, I have him number one. It's not obviously no surprise that he is going to challenge Mahomes for the top spot in the king of the mountaintop. I don't think it's going to be long. It could even happen this year. I think that he is just just special, dog. Everything that I've seen from him dating back to watching him at LSU just translated into the NFL, just in, maybe in a different way, so to speak. But it's just such at a high premier level. And he, it's I don't think that he's done ascending. I think that's the big thing about it. So it's obvious. No, no, no speaking the matter. He's the one that carries the, the team on his shoulders. He is the heartbeat and soul. That's what Mike Brown said in Mike Turtle Soup. Um, and mock turtle soup he is the heart and soul of this team and, and everybody knows it he is the one that breathes life into the organization and he is the one that is number two on this list for right now well said man did i contemplate it did i contemplate it is this the year we knock him off the mountaintop to be the man you gotta beat the man mm-hmm so I'm going to leave him there for one more year. But I think Joe Burrow, I would not be surprised if this is the year um, that he gets over that mountaintop. And I think if our safety play and um, tight end play, a couple of our question marks are as good as I think they can be, even though I've had arguments with other guys on other podcasts about this, uh, I, I think this might be the year. I think he might might be up for an MVP vote. I'm yeah. going to guess him at 42 touchdowns and nine picks. Um, I think he That's increases it. The last two years, two years ago, coming back off of an ACL, no real preseason, no real, you know, he's just trying to get his legs underneath him. 
Last year we had the appendectomy um, and, and no preseason and didn't look right starting off. And he starts off with four picks against the Steelers. He ain't doing that again. So um, I, I think that I, I expect him to have a great season, um, put together the best season we've seen from him yet, complete control of the offense, a plethora of – you know, the best trio wide receivers in the league. Uh, I think Irv Smith, if he stays healthy, is going to be a big plus for us. Um, then I think I've mentioned it on our show several times. Chase Brown, I think, brings some excitement catching the ball out of the backfield on third down. Uh, you know, getting Joe Mixon now settled in on that contract. I just think it's the perfect storm for him to come around. So, man, I, I really – I really want to. I really want to push. Does this feel like it's before before we get to this number one? I got to ask you this question: Does it feel like that is Super Bowl or bust for the Bengals? To you? No, and I'm going to tell you the reason why I say that. Because those top three quarterbacks all play in the AFC. Um, and let me see here. Uh, do 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 do. Out of your top eight, seven of them play in the AFC. Mm -hmm. So it's hard to get to the Super Bowl from the AFC. But I said last year on uh, the Homies podcast that the AFC was going to win at least three straight Super Bowls. And everybody told me I was crazy. And I said, there's too many good quarterbacks over there. Right, They're not going to lose. So I got I got one down, two to go. Um, yeah, but yeah, man, I, I I don't I don't think it's that way. And I think you know, obviously, I said Patrick Mahomes is on top of that mountaintop. Uh, I I like what they did. You know, I think Sky Moore is going to take a a step forward. They got some other help in the draft. Um, some guys out here looking pretty good. You know, I peep in on those guys every once in a while and make sure I see what what they're doing. Um, and they got Kelsey. <clears throat> you know what I mean? They got Kelsey. So he's going to put up some numbers. Uh, I think he would be better serviced if Pacheco caught the ball a little bit better out of the backfield, was more of a threat coming out of the backfield. Who knows? He may take that leap in year two, but that's where I'm at. Give me your synopsis on, on Patrick Mahomes before we ride off into the sunset. Oh, I had Andy Dalton at number one. So. <laughs> uh, you're going to say Geno Smith. Oh, my God. My guys, the list is gonna blow up on crazy. Like, no way you had the red rifle who's not even starting for the Carolina Panthers at number one. Yeah, they got announced today too that uh, Bryce Young is taking the first team snaps. Um, but yeah, no, obviously it's Mahomes at number one, and it's he's everything you want out of a quarterback, man. And um, you know, it's it's amazing where this this is all ended up for him. Um, it always seems to be since he's entered the league as the new face of the NFL in 2018. Like he just came out blazing the storm uh, when he became a starter. And it just seemed like that people were trying to insert said player, not Brady, but insert said player to play along against Mahomes. And we've gone through Deshaun Watson. We've seen it. We've gone through Lamar Jackson, NFL. We now seeing it from Allen. But it ultimately ended up being Burrow, or it could just be a series of Mahomes is still the top guy, and then maybe Trevor Lawrence inserts himself in there. I mean, they also said that about Justin Herbert too, because they all they both reside in the same division. It that could be a thing. 
to where, look, you get through this Burrow era if you're Mahomes, like this this Burrow moment in time, like you did with the the Sean Watsons, the Lamar Jacksons, the Justin Herberts, and the the Josh Allens, and now you landed. Now you're just facing the Burrow gauntlet, and then you're going to insert next goal. That could be a thing. I don't think it's going to be that because I'm just so highly bullish on Burrow's career and his trajectory where he's going. Um, but it is incredible to watch Mahomes. And you, you're watching the legend in the making right now. Um, just live audience. I don't have any hatred towards him just because of this newfounded rivalry. The dude's been great prior to us being great. So I already had to respect them before that. And I and that's not even mentioning who he has as his weapons and stuff. He just literally proved it by winning a Super Bowl without Tyreek Hill. And many people thought that they were going to take a step back before last year started. I remember that. Yeah. I remember the, the media narrative. They also heard all that stuff. Um, and then going back to Burrow a little bit, because, you know, you hear a lot of comps that are like, oh, he's like he's like a Tom Brady kind of like of a player or whatnot. My comp for him has always been he's a Manning like Brady or you can say a Brady like Manning. And when I say Manning, I mean Peyton Manning, not Eli Manning. So just throwing that out there um, is that if you ever wondered what Tom Brady or Peyton Manning would have looked like if they would have swapped places. Or just take a bit of this person from here and that person from here and combine them together in their careers together. That's what I think Joe Burrow is going to ultimately look like throughout his career. And it's weird that I say that. For Patrick Mahomes, I don't really feel a comp for him. Like before, I thought it was he was going to have a Brett Favre-like career, win the one Super Bowl, get back. He'll reign supreme during his little middle part of the uh, early 2020s decade, but then he'll taper off, and then he'll still play at a high level, but it will never be like what it was once before, like what Brett Favre was during that middle stretch of the 90s. Because people forget, Brett Favre, he was dominant. Like that 96 Packers season when he won the Super Bowl, they were dominant. And it was just a stretch where they just seemed unstoppable, but it tapered off. And you never really saw them in the big dance again. And they got close in 07. Um, And I thought Mahomes' career was going to kind of sort of traject in that direction. And he's proved me wrong already with that. So he protects the ball more than I think people thought because he does so many wild underhand throws, sidearm mm -hmm. throws. But he still, when you look at the end of the year, I mean, he's what? 10 picks and 45 touchdowns. Oh, I mean, yeah. Yeah, definitely. He put the team on his shoulders for sure this year. Do I, did I feel like that he was an absolute, you know, like did I feel like that this was a storybook, that was a storybook season for him? Not really. Not The quarterback documentary is going to tell you it was, but to me it was not. You know, it was just they were they, – they just had the best record ultimately in the AFC. He had a lot to do. He threw for a lot of yards. They didn't really have much of a running game until Pacheco sort of came alive, you know. So, and it was just, um, you know, he just threw the ball a lot. That's kind of how he got his yards. You know, they, I didn't feel like the signature moment from Mahomes during the 2022 regular season came about, even though he won the MVP in the Super Bowl that year. Until All right, he well, beat us in the championship game, I should say. You know, my takeaway from this with the quarterbacks are uh, the running quarterbacks get a little more love, I think, from the fantasy side of things, where the leadership qualities, I think, come into your best best 10 available, kind of your, mm-hmm. your top 10 quarterbacks as of right now. All right, man. Well, 
Any parting shots on our way out of here? We're uh, we're running a little bit over today, but I think we had some pretty good coverage. Uh, you know, ten quarterbacks a lot to run through. So, it yeah, definitely. It, it was definitely a fun conversation. You know, it's the beginning of training camp as we opened the show mentioning. There's a lot of good stuff happening in the works, as Brandon already mentioned. Glad that you all can you know to check us out. Whether if you're making us your first listen, your second listen, or even your last listen for today, as you kind of taper off at the end of your day, um, we just appreciate the support. So please definitely like, comment, subscribe on YouTube. Feel free to follow us on Spotify. Um, we're also going to be on other platforms in the near future. I'm not going to leave that Five out. Five star but- reviews. Yes, we Love need them. it. We need Love it. Them. Even if you want to troll and leave, you know, some trolling little comments and whatnot, I'll ignore you. But I'll appreciate you for checking us out in general. You know, whether if you like our top 10 list or not, the engagement is fun. We're at the end of the day. We were supporting our Bengals team. We love football. We and love we football, thank you for man. having us. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Exactly. I, I can't say it better than that. Uh, we, we, we appreciate everybody listening to us. And uh, football season's here. We out. Hey.